1: this
0: is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point, and our buddy, former professional uh, St. Louis Blue defenseman Jamie Rivers, now a team member down the hall at 101 ESPN. Gentlemen, uh, I-, I have so many questions about Tuesday night's game against Vegas, but Without further ado, and Jeff and I talked about this a little bit before you got here, Jamie, and not to jump right in, but I do not, and I'm not trying to be the Homer Blues fan, okay? Why not? I I do not understand why Mark Stone is not being disciplined by the NHL for that hit on Tyler Bozak the other night. I don't understand it. I've watched the hit. I've tried to put my... You know the the fair cap
1: on, and I don't friggin' see it. I think it's mostly because he didn't hit him very hard, and he didn't get hurt, and he was Bozek saw the hit coming. All of those things. Oh wait, no, it's o for three on those three. Yeah. Things. What what. Who that has sight could look at that and go, "Hey, and, and also no Biggie." And here's why it's frustrating to me. I understand that that
0: officiating in the National Hockey League is not easy. It's, it's probably easy. it's
1: probably the tuss- toughest of all the sports, don't you think? Things move pretty quickly. Yeah, but but, but man. They're on ice, and it's slippery, so they go fast.
0: <laughs> but there, there, are, there are times, man, where I honestly do not understand why something is being called a penalty and why it is not. It just feels like the implementation sometimes is way off, and then situations like this. I even thought the Bortuzzo hit deserved a game, to yeah. be very honest with you. So I don't, I don't understand, and I don't want to be a Homer Blues fan that just, you know, is sticking up for our team, Ba blah, 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 blah. But this is baloney. Sorry okay. to use that word. That's all right. So you guys want to talk about
2: Mark Stone? Yes. So
1: that's the guy. The yeah.
2: captain of the Vegas Golden Knights, correct? Yes, sir. Yes. yes. That mother f- piece of shit. chicken
0: s***, s***hole, scumbag, no good, Okay, so Jeff, I'm thinking that Jamie agrees that it
1: was a cheap hit and doesn't understand. We, as a show, are on the same page. We're on lockstep. Okay, good. (laughs) How do you really feel, though, It was. listen, it was a
2: scumbag move. That's the bottom line. You saw it in his eyes. Bozak was back-checking, and he just was frustrated about something, and so he just stopped and threw a shoulder back into him. And it's You know, 10, 15 years ago, that was nothing. You'd be like, hey, stay on your feet. But now it's another guy, to your point, Donnie, that we've lost to injury and there's been no repercussions. A two-minute penalty, and then Justin Falk, the Falconator. Yeah. You know, right? Mr. Mustache himself. He steps up, and that was great because I was wondering, how long will it take? First of all, Braden Shen went right over there. The refs got in. They knew, okay, okay, something's going to happen here. Then Mark Stone comes out of the box, and he skates by the front of the net. And Justin Falk, you could tell, he just, like, saw him. As soon as he saw him, the gloves were off. He gave him no choice. He literally gave him no choice. And so good on Justin Falk. And then we had uh, David Perron on the fast lane yesterday, and that's the first thing David Perron talked about. He's like, Falker steps
1: up and grabs him and, you know— So that's huge. It is huge. I would have rather Braden Shen do it if Braden Shen wasn't the guy that is also going to score goals and I don't want him to break his hand. Yeah, but Jeff,
2: if you think about the whole, the big picture of it, right? Oh, I know. Who did everybody want to run out of town? What is the worst trade Doug Armstrong has made in the last year? How much money are we wasting on Justin Falk? I've been hard on him this year. And since the second game, I think he's played substantially better. And now I've got a whole new respect for the guy. You know, and if I do, the regular Blues fan should be sitting there contemplating, eh, maybe I buy a 72 jersey. Right. <laughs> maybe I grow a mustache. Sure. Like, you know, like, I, I kind of like this guy.
1: I know we're going to jump all around when it comes to this and the repercussions and why they didn't do this and why they didn't do that. But before we go all those places, he has gained, Falk has gained all kinds of respect for it with, from his teammates for doing that. The opposite end of that is if you're a teammate of Stone, what do you do there? Because I mean, isn't it completely obvious to everybody it was a douche move?
0: Can I? Can I? Can I? Uh, can I? Can I try to answer before Jamie does? Here
1: comes the douche police.
0: Because <laughs> no, 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 no. Because what I'm going to say is is that if if he's on your team, maybe you don't see it the way that we're seeing Man. it.
1: How can you not? Okay, see it so I'm, just say- see I'm just saying. I'm just saying,
0: though. I mean, if that's your teammate, maybe you don't view it the same way yes. that we do. And okay, one.
2: So that that's a moral dilemma, right? Because. If he's on my team, I see what he did, and I'm like, okay. So now, being a player like I was, I'm like, okay. It's going to hit the fan now. Like, I better button up the chin strap because this is going to be go time out there because they don't necessarily go after the best players all the time, or the best players don't stick up for the teammates most of the time. So it's your your bangers out there and your fighters that have to step up. So I'm sitting there as his teammate, and you know what? At at this point, if I'm Ryan Reeves— I'm like, yeah, all right, baby, let's get it on because now that means my role becomes that much more important because if somebody goes after Kyle Clifford, let's say, goes after uh, Mark Stone. Well now, Ryan Reeves gets to prove, you know, what he's worth. And he's worth his weight in gold. Yeah, but what if somebody goes after somebody else? Hey, this is how it happens, okay? And like I want to read Ryan
1: Reeves can can handle himself, but somebody who can't handle themselves, they're like, "Crap, what if I got to do this? What if somebody comes after me?" Thanks a lot, Stone.
2: So here, let me read a quote from Braden Shen, and then we'll dive into that a little deeper. The okay. first thing he says is, and this is a direct quote. There's no reason for someone to do that to the guy without the puck. It's kind of a play that obviously is pretty dirty, and the guys and the guys out now, meaning Bozak. Good thing we've got lots of games to take care of it. (laughs) So, sorry, it sounds like the (laughs) hockey police will be out in full form, whether it's in the game tonight or whether it's in one of the six games that remain against the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, to your point, Jeff, and we talked about this last podcast and. Uh, if you're just listening now, you go back, check out the last podcast. We talked about how guys communicate on the bench and cheap shots, how they're viewed by teammates and other teams. So if I'm sitting there, I don't know if it escalates that much more right now because Justin Falk, who's not a fighter, um, stepped up and fought Mark Stone, who's not a fighter. It kind of washes it out, but Braden Shins seems pretty, um, pretty intent on making sure that it's really, really hammered home here. So what happens is if you go after a Petrangelo – see, I would, right? I, Petro's my boy, but do you know how many teams I played on, right? And then I got traded, and the first thing I do is go after my best friend. Mm-hmm. And it was a mind game I played because right away your best friend – for most of the part, they understood it. But the ones who did, not be like, what the hell's wrong with him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a yeah. nutcase, you know? Right. And they're off their game. What, the, what are you doing out here? And it was just something that I did to gain an advantage – so, if I'm Braden Shen, maybe I go after Alex Petrangelo. Not hurt him. Right. Not to Just hurt Just play heavy him. on him. Or Shay Theodore. Yeah. Shay Theodore plays 28 minutes a game. Petrangelo was 29 minutes the other night. Go after guys. Send a message on guys that you can, you can gain an advantage for it. You know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Do it
1: for a reason and an effect.
0: Yeah. And I want to come back to this as well because Doug Armstrong made an interesting quote as well. But.
1: You are these grumpy. Over yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, one of the things that you have said, and I don't know if it was on the last podcast or maybe it was two podcasts ago, but you said that you would love to be a player in today's NHL because essentially there's no repercussions if you're going out and running people.
2: No, well, look at my repercussions is fighting Justin Falk, right? And no disrespect, right? So, listeners, trust me when I say this: I respect Justin Falk tremendously, but I don't lie awake at night worrying about playing against him. Whereas back in the day, like when I played against Chicago and they had Doug Gilmore. I know he was there for a cup of coffee. He came across the middle and I absolutely just pulverized him with a hit. Now, I knew the repercussions were Bob Probert. I knew the repercussions were Ryan Vandenbush, Mark Jansen, Dave Manson. I knew that, right? And I also had a big guy named Tony Twist. And we just call him the equalizer. Sure. Mm -hmm. But that being said, the next game I played against Chicago... I didn't sleep very well. I didn't because I knew like Proby and those guys were not, it wasn't just like drop the gloves and grab you. He may have cross-checked my head clear off my shoulders. He tried Mm -hmm. to do it here once at, uh, well, the Enterprise Center. Now he's in front of the net on the power play. And back then we used to cross-check guys in the ribs and give it. Well, he kind of bent over and my cross-check slid up his back and kind of hit him in the back of the head, knocked his helmet forward. Oh, boy. He turned and you ever seen the videos of the sharks when they go to bite? like a real shark. Oh, yeah. Their yeah. eyes go white. Mm-hmm. Like, they tilt back, right? That's all I saw. Oh, was God. The whites in his eyes. He turned, looked me straight in the eye. I looked straight into death. Mm-hmm. And he tried to cross-check me right across the face. Oh, so, being the ninja that I am, of course, uh-huh. I, um, I turned really quick and ducked, and he hit the back of my helmet and knocked my helmet off of my head, over the net, into the glass behind oh, the net. Oh, my gosh. Then, Grant Fuhrer and myself... Tackled him, and the refs came in. It was a big like brouhaha, and I was like, "Thank God!" One, fiercey knew it. He's like, "Oh, but are in trouble." Yep, yeah, yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you ever? Did you ever fight
2: Probert? No, oh, of
1: course not. I don't get good. paid
0: enough for that crap, Jeff. <laughs> good, good, good. I mean, well, I did have life insurance, but <laughs> how, is there a way <laughs> when we're talking about penalties like this that happened to Bozak and, and Stone? How how can it work out that there can be a bit more Player accountability, so that they can't, so that players
2: can't get away with this sort of thing. The NHL screwed this up. Okay. okay, bottom line, here's the thing, and they really screwed it up with this particular team, the St. Louis Blues. And your your comments earlier about Doug Armstrong being pissed, he was basically okay. Uh, league's not going to do anything about it. I guess we'll handle it within the rules of the game. Yep. So read into that how whatever you want, right? If I'm a player, he's saying to me, he's not saying it directly to me, but he's saying to me, hey fighting, you don't get suspended for. So, you know what? It's within the rules, right? Right. That's what I would get out of it. Now, where the NHL really screwed up is the Blues have lost two players to injury. In a week and a half. On what I would call borderline suspendable offenses, okay? The problem we have here is that Sammy Blay was suspended in the very first game of the season for going behind the net dropping a shoulder into a player who leaned forward and he got him in the head. He got him in the head. Okay. But when you go back and look at it, I always look for, and I use a little thing on my computer because I have the technology and I'm not tech tech savvy, right? So I imagine the NHL can do it, but I take a little line and I draw it on the player's leg. And what happens is when that leg moves, the angle changes on the little line that I have. It tells me, for a skills, coach, right? It tells me when I'm videotaping guys if they need to bend their knees more when they skate. Are they coming up out of their stride too soon? But I used it for this particular hit from Sammy Blay because I wanted to see did he elevate. And all I know, all I can say about that is did the angle of his leg bend change? And usually, when you go to make a hit, the, the angle changes. It straightens up because you're elevating you're right Sammy Blaze leg angle, uh, leg angle barely changed at all, which means he didn't launch himself up. He came straight through the player. So was it suspendable? I don't think so, but he got two games, right? So there's precedent. So now the St. Louis Blues see that, okay, first game of the season, that's a suspendable offense. He got two games. That's going to be the, the, the benchmark, right? But now Robert Portuzo gets hit from behind high by Nakushkin and nothing. Okay, it was, okay, maybe it wasn't, all right. But now you got a second guy who's going to miss an extended period of time for another hit that was high and it was directly to the face, even though it was a shoulder, hit him right in the face and dropped him. If I'm the league, if I'm George Paros, automatically I'm going, okay, this is two big injuries to the Blues early in the season. We, we tagged their guy for two games. i got to give this guy at least a game or a really heavy fine. Like a fifty thousand dollar fine, I got to do it so that they feel like they've gotten their pound of flesh out of this, which is from the Merchant of Venice, Shakespeare. Jeff, sure, just I pisser. know, I know oh, her. Um, I know. I'm.
0: This is pissing me off I'm more than culture. we're talking about. i know. About. Hey, hey, I know, hey, hey, I know
2: the build up that he's you. getting to here, and it just sucks. Darn, not everybody likes Shakespeare. I get it. Okay, so <laughs> sorry, William. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> Sorry, but man, my like- point is now, the Blues are going to want their pound of flesh, Yeah. and it looks like they're going to go to Caveman Tactics to get it. And the NHL, all they had to do was do what they had done in Game 1 against Sammy Blake.
1: Is this sort of thing at least noted, that here's the refs that were out there and nothing happened, and the entire world is wondering why nothing happened? I know there's no repercussions because there isn't anything going on, we would know about it, but is it at least noted, like, here's the dudes referee wise that were on the ice that let this slip
0: and they'll get the game tonight too probably
2: right probably just because they're trying to keep it covid friendly we sure. not i people... bet they don't
1: want the game tonight because they're going to hear it whoever yeah. whoever was on the ice uh before they're going to hear it right yeah. i mean the league probably made
2: a phone call to doug armstrong probably made a phone call to kelly mccrimmon who's now the vegas coach and the gm right i uh, know we'll, we can get into that later um And said, hey, guys, you know, let's keep it cool. And the referees are involved in every um, suspendable offense, meaning whether they get suspended or not. The referees have a, well, usually a conference call, probably a Zoom call these days to where George Peros would go over the incident. They all watch it together. What did you see? Why did you call this? So there's accountability for sure. And anytime there's something that is borderline where Doug Armstrong called the league, we know he did because he talked about it. That will be put on the record of those officials, and it's not like, oh, he's got a record. No, it just is like, okay, we've had one thing here that kind of went sideways. If it continues to happen,
0: then they get rid of that ref.
2: Or those referees,
0: and and again, I just to reiterate what I said. I, I I get tired of of people constantly bashing officials and refs and umpires and the whole thing. And I really do try to be understanding of a tough freaking job. Mm-hmm. I get it, but holy crap! This is again, this is pissing me off way more in listening to it. And I just want the second that Stone touches the ice tonight, somebody to throw a freaking elbow in his oh, in, in his face. That's wow. what I want. That's I know it's a, terrible, aggressive. but that's what I want, man.
2: I did so. That was some shit. Can, I, can I ask you guys a question? Sure. Okay. So for your for your liking, uh, you'd like... S- no, 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 no. I'm not putting words in your mouth. No. I'm trying to understand here, okay? Yeah. Because here's the dilemma for the players, okay? I'll be a player, and I, but I'm asking the fans right now, you guys. So if I jump on the ice very first shift and I elbow him in the face or I go after him and I get a two or a four or a five for it and they put in two or three goals... Are we happy? Nope. It's not no, worth of it. Of
0: course not. Right? It's not worth it. So look at you
2: guys know me. I'm an old school. Like, I know. So the only way to do it.
1: <laughs> I know, Dan. The, <laughs> the only
2: way to do it is for Braden Shen to start the game against Mark Stone and say, hey, we got to do this. Or Kyle Clifford. Hey, we got to do this. Now, when you do that, you're going to poke the bear that's Ryan Reeves that's sitting on the bench, and he's probably going to want to go tap someone on the shin pads, too. So, this is the way it goes back and forth. If it just would have been handled with a suspension, one game, one game, boom, we're done. The Blues feel like, you know what? We got our pound of flesh, and Justin Falk stepped up, fought this guy, did a great job. We're good. Let's go win a hockey game. And even our fan base would be more understanding, and be like, yeah, you know what? Okay, I get it. Boys, go out to win the game now. Let's get two. Let's get this sweep.
1: Yeah,
0: Beat
2: but right now we're all thinking drawer. the same
1: thing. I'm yeah. tuning in to see blood right now. Yeah I, yeah, I absolutely want to be there for the drop of the puck because something may happen right at the beginning of the game, possibly. I would be buzzing the tower and warm up. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I'd be skating the, by and yeah. just
2: chirping them and warm up. You better, yeah, better call in sick, buddy, because it's coming. And we used to do that all the time.
1: Whether you're going to do it or Whether not, you just get not. in his head.
2: And maybe maybe tonight's not the game to do it, right? Like, if I'm Craig Berube and I talk to Braden Shen or my guys that I know will respond, be like, hey, let's just get in their heads today. First shift, go run Petro. Go run Shea Theodore. Go run so-and-so. But don't fight. Don't fight. They'll spend the whole game, Vegas will, trying to figure out when it's coming, if it's coming, and they might just get sidetracked, and maybe out of their game. Like maybe that. it comes yeah. three, four games from now. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I and
0: like it's that. and it's very clear. And even me as a hothead dummy, it You're is very clear for us you to are get not a hothead. <laughs> Stop it! Watch the lightning. <laughs> uh, uh, my daughter. The other night, I got to say this real quick, and I put this on Twitter. But my, I said something. I was having a discussion with my daughter, and I said to her, "You know, getting mad about it isn't going to help the situation at oh, all." Boy. And the way that she looked at me was like. Uh, okay, old man, but maybe you can take your old advice. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but no, I mean, no, I just, I understand that at this point of the year, the points are important. It's not like they got off to a gangbuster start and banked a bunch of points. They, the, the win is much more important than the retribution. It's just, I, don't
2: I get know, it, man. The, the
0: childish part of me that just wants to see him get his face smashed.
2: You're not alone, okay? The fan base here in St. Louis and myself and former players. We all want the same thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not alone. It's not abnormal. I'm just thinking all the time now. I try to put on a coach's hat or, you know, and I'm trying to think, eh, what would be the best way to go about it that benefits all of us? Yeah. Without screwing things up, without losing a player for a couple of games, you know. And try to go from there.
0: Well, you know what? Let's 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 turn it to, to something that has been a positive so far in the first couple of weeks of this season, and that is the play of youngster Jordan Cairo. Mm. And Who? I and I and I believe it was Ryan do. I believe it was Ryan O'Reilly do. that said the kid's the real deal. Yeah and what an amazing player that this kid is, and how freaking fast is he on the ice. Jesus H, he can move. Yeah, you know what? Here's something that
2: people don't realize is he's been injured. You know, since he turned pro, kind of some bumps and bruises, and he had to have a little surgery in the off season last year. And now he's a hundred percent, so he's physically a hundred percent. And now mentally, he's had a couple of years of being in pro hockey, and specifically around the Blues for their cup run, and then around a lot last year. Even though he was injured, he was here. He soaked it all in, and it's been incredible. His speed—it's a game changer. It really is. And if you look at the Blues lineup to start the season, you were like, "Ooh, where's the speed going to come from, right? Like Schwartz, he's fast. I get it. You could circle like two or three guys that, but now Cairo's a threat every time he touches the ice. And what I love about it is he's a threat defensively too. He's coming back. He's making plays. The other night, um, Jordan uh, Jaden Schwartz, by a vowel, please. (laughs) Jaden Schwartz, he scores his goal and it's all because of Jordan Cairo. hundred percent. He didn't get a point on it, but he gets right in on Martinez, the Vegas defenseman, so fast that he just fires it up the wall without any real he, zip on
1: it. You know, could almost see Martinez's face like, where did this guy come from? hundred percent. It, it's like he jumped out from behind a,
2: a, a door, you know, and he just fired it up. And Braden Shen happened to be on the wall, which is exactly where he should be. F2, you got to take away the wall. Mm-hmm. It was a perfectly executed forecheck. You guys mm-hmm. hear me talk about it all the yep. time. So Cairo, F1 gets in, and his job is to take away the back of the net and eliminate the puck carrier, create a loose puck. Well, he got in, he took away the back of the net. Martinez had to go up the strong side, which is the side they're already on. Braden Shen's job is to come down the wall and take away a wall play. Jaden Schwartz's job is the F3, is to hang in the middle of the ice in the high slot area. Well, what happened? Cairo goes in, forces his hand, puck goes up the wall. Shen, Shen, bang to the middle, Schwartz, goal. And
0: Shen
1: 100% knew that Schwartz was right there. Well, yeah, because that's her forecheck. He he could have done that blind. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. I I, I was
0: watching the game the other night in in bits and pieces, uh, but... And I said this last podcast, too. I, I love watching Jaden Schwartz work. Uh-huh. I love watching that dude play. I love that he's not a chirper. He just seems to just go about his business and be really freaking consistently excellent at almost every end of the ice. He is just another guy that seems like... He is always doing the little things. Like, not a guy that's taken a game off. And I just, not that I've always been a fan of his, but it just seems like I've keyed in more on him a bit lately and just really am impressed with, with, with the kind of player that he is. Again, every game, consistently. His teammates love him, too. Like, they absolutely love him.
2: And you're right, he doesn't chirp, he doesn't say much. He just go, 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 go. This is why when he does go through some kind of a slump, we're all willing to overlook it because he's still effective. Heck, remember when Mike Yo was a coach, I think sports he went like twenty games or something without a goal. And Mike Yo was like, I'm not upset. I think he's he still creates so much out there. He's doing a good job. The goals will come. And you know, it was great to see him rewarded on that play because he has been, you know, so involved in the game. And what's great too is he's had a really good start of the season. He's had points in almost every game, if you look at that. And one thing that maybe not everybody's aware of is that he lost his father this off season, And it was sudden, mm-hmm. kind of out of nowhere. And he'd already lost his sister before that to, I believe, it was cancer, yeah. um, which was tough on the family. Now he loses his dad. And now he's out here performing at such a high level. It's got to be really hard for him on a day-to-day basis, just mentally. So I respect everything that he's doing just so much. and He's just a very lovable guy, too. And two
1: uh, takeaways from the last podcast, and giving you, Jamie, credit is I believe you said that you, uh, that line, Schwartz's line, was about ready right to pop. Yeah. Which, which, at least one goal right there, right? And then the other thing was you said maybe Vince Dunn. Well, they Dunn, got two. Or two, okay. Because scored the other one. Oh, which, that's right, yeah. Uh, and then you said maybe Vince Dunn might be a healthy scratch. Yeah. I didn't realize you meant for the rest of his career here. <laughs> my God. It went from healthy scratch to he's on the market for Yeah. Christ's that sake. Look at that. Escalated quickly. Sure, um, is, is that
0: legit? Is is the trade thing legit or is that just? Talk it probably at this point? is. I mean,
2: okay. when you have Frank Saravelli from TSN up in Canada talking about it, like why why would he be talking St. Louis Blues? Okay, it's not exactly like it's in his backyard. So here's the thing that could have happened with that: is either he's talking to other teams that have said, "Hey, Vince Dunn's on the market," or he's talked to Doug Armstrong, who is using the media to say, "Hey." We'd like to shop this guy, maybe put that out there. I doubt that because Army is cards to the vest, right? He doesn't tell anybody anything. So that would be my one, be like, "Eh." no, not picking that door. The third one is maybe Vince Dunn's agent has leaked it to Frank Saravelli, saying, oh, you know, I think they've got him. And so what happens in is the agent creates a bunch of dust. And now teams come knock at the door and kick in the tires and find out what the Blues want. I'm not ready to trade Vince Dunn. No. Okay, I I was 100% ready to healthy scratch him and that was the right move. You needed to give him a game, maybe two, to have a look from the press box, get in the video room, recalibrate everything cuz he he did not he did not look like he was in sync out there and uh nor did he look like the backstreet boys. There you boys. go. However,
1: um, good I knew his guy. would have see... gone 98 degrees, but that's me. Huh? <laughs> I
2: saw Jeff's eyes open up a little bit and I'm like, "Good God." <laughs> But yeah, so he he needed at least a game to have a a little sit back and relax and, and see what's going on. Uh, we'll see what happens from here. But he would be a very very coveted player on the trade market, which is why I don't really like to get rid of him because a lot of players, not a lot of players, can do what he does, skating wise, handling the puck wise. Whether he's had a bad start or not, he's been a really good player for this team.
1: Well, one of the eye opening things that uh, you mentioned. Monday when you said hey he may, may be a healthy scratch is we're not throwing him on the on the junk pile no. yet, and we're not mad we're hey sit watch a game relax take a blow relax rest a little bit you're sitting here because you're not doing well it's not because you suck and I think the general public us being the fans go oh they healthy scratch a starter oh they must be getting rid of him well, right I, th- that that seemed to catch like i mean that thing caught well, well, my, fire my 21 yeah. year old daughter who is like i said before is a fan she's not just a girly fan she's a fan texted me saying wow i heard that they're getting ready to trade vince Dunn. i'm like no 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 they healthy scratched him so other gms and other people see that and go oh maybe he's on the market
0: well here's a, here's a question that i have about the about the defensive pairings at this point so we talk about vanilla ice cream all the time yeah. it's a joke and our friend carl gunnerson all right but so, with the Blues seemingly needing some steady Eddie back there, why is Vanilla Ice Cream not in the lineup each and every day? Like, seemingly, to me, that's a real safe, calculated move that you've got him back there to be a lock. So, why is he one of the ones that's seemingly coming in and coming out? And I know you got Bertuzzo and all that kind of stuff, too, but I just feel like he's a guy right now that can do us some good. Yeah, but he's the guy you re signed to be that player, okay.
2: that platoon guy, you know? And. Am could, I wrong? Am I no, too not high wrong. on Gunnarsson in this regard? No, no. Look, he he was Alex Petrangelo's partner for the greater part of the last two seasons, and we know how good Petro played. And it's not just because he's a one man show, he had old vanilla ice cream by his side for a lot of those nights. Um, but you look at the lineup right now, you have to have Krug in the lineup. Yep. And. and Craig Berube, to stay on topic here, Craig Berube flipped around the D last game, if you notice, at one point, and he had Scandella with Pareco. And when we were talking, I believe, our last podcast, we were like, hey, maybe Krug and Pareko is not a great mix just because Krug doesn't really get to play offense because they're they're drawing the tough matchups from the other team. So I like that Craig Berube noticed that, and Scandella ended up with Pareco, Good shutdown tandem. Krug ended up playing with Justin Falk, who are both offensive-minded. Heck, uh, Justin Falk is leading the team in shots on goal right now. So uh, y- y- you like that. But those are your top four right there. And then until last game, you had Vince Dunn, who is your future. He is an offensive-minded. Maybe he's your next Tory Krug type thing. I think that bar is a little high, but doesn't mean he can't get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Nico Mikula who's played fantastic oh, yeah. when he's been mm-hmm. in there.
1: Sure has, and, and he has size.
2: He brings the size, mm-hmm. right? He brings that size back there, and he's got some sandpaper to his game. And then you have Gunnarsson and Bortuzzo. So when Bortuzzo's healthy and he's on his game, I like him in the lineup. He's a big, strong guy. He's physical. He blocks shots like, like you hear about. He just loves doing it, and he's a good penalty killer, so that helps your penalty kill. So you don't really want to take him out. And when you have the Vince Dunn project going on, you're like, do I want to just keep pulling him out? Right. You've got a lot of bodies right now and not enough spots. So when you do the process of elimination, Carl Gunnarsson is the oldest guy. Uh, this is his last year of his contract. Do you really want to pour the effort into him right now at the right. start of the season, or would you rather get done and Mikula extra time out there because that's your future
0: yeah no that makes that makes complete sense can i ask one kairu question real quick that I, I just think thought oh so,
1: yeah now's the time we're recording <laughs> you should have said no <laughs> so, so even so sad so
0: at the beginning of the season you know it was uh it was uh, hey is kairu gonna be in the lineup is he gonna crack it bah, 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 bah. well so now the dude is etched in he's there at what point point? and i know that this is a fine line can Kairou not worry about being pulled from the lineup? And not that you want to have that mentality that you want to play like a dog, but like at what point, and I would think we're probably getting there, is he he is gonna be a starter unless he Like is he hurt. doesn't
1: need to come to the rink and wonder if his name's in the lineup. That's what, what I'm saying. saying. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That question is a fantastic question. Also, I was gonna ask earlier, how do you coach a guy like this with that much talent, but it's at this stage of his career? Cairo? Yeah.
2: Oh, this is an easiest job ever. I mean, he has
0: so much talent. He has
2: so much talent, so you don't really have to teach him how to play offense, right? So just that's half of the job that you don't have to do. All you gotta do is teach him position and how to play hard defensively, and he's already got the compete factor, right? We looked we've seen that in the first handful of games here. The guy's competing. So you've got a lot of the things already in play. So as a coach, Craig Berube and his staff, Steve Ott, it's positioning. Effort defensively and being in the right spots defensively. And right now he's been willing to do all of those things. And the best part about it is he's learned that his speed is such an asset defensively. Mm. Never mind the offense, but defensively. And the forecheck, believe it or not, forecheck is defense. Because that's where you start your defensive process is when you get in on the forecheck. You are not, you don't have the puck. You're not playing offense. So you're trying to get the puck back. So, again, Cairo the other night initiating the forecheck a creates sequence, a goal.
1: Great sequence. Great oh, sequence, oh and then
2: he's back-checking. He's first guy back. So his speed affords him the ability to get to the puck before anybody else does, create a turnover, and head the other way. Uh, now, to your question about how does a guy, like, when does he get, you don't ever let him get that comfortable. Not for a long time. Okay. I want that kid to, uh, to give me his best every day, and you don't want him to take his foot off the gas. Sure. Now, there's subtle ways of telling him that, you know, he's in a good spot. And Craig Berube's done it, but you don't always have to use words. You put him out there. Hey, it's overtime. Kairu, you're up. He was up for two shifts in overtime the other night. What is that? If you're the player, that tells you that Craig Berube has confidence in you. I mean, a lot. A lot. Yeah. And he yeah. played, you know, before last game with all the crazy penalty, he had like 14 minutes of ice time. What does that tell me? Tells me he's confident in me. You go look at the ice time chart. And when you're not in the bottom three or bottom four or bottom five, it tells
1: you, without words, that you're part of the plans every game. What, what kind of ice time should we look at and see in Cairo and go, yeah, that's about right?
2: In a normal five-on-five, five, yeah, couple yeah. penalties, you're looking at you know, somewhere between 13 and 15 13 minutes. 13 and 15. Okay. Because he's getting some power play time right. now. Uh, so yeah, 13 to 15. What do, what do they got to do
0: to stay out of the box tonight?
2: Well, some and of I those calls have been BS, Donnie. Sure. Good no, Lord.
0: I know that there is some nitpicky stuff for sure. Um, but, I mean, obviously, it's, it's been a big issue continuing to be. Mm-hmm. What do you kind of do to kind of get yourself out of that rut or whatever they're in right skate now? Skate harder.
2: First of all, I know it sounds simple, skate harder, but they lead the league in holding penalties. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that tells you you're reaching and grabbing, which means you're not moving your feet out there. So number one thing is keep your feet moving. Yeah, maybe you don't get to the guy right away. Maybe you have to you know, turn it in defensively a zone later, but you got to move your feet.
1: Can, can I just dumb it down for the, the non-hockey players and, and people like that? When you say move your feet, therefore you're not going to clutch and grab me or hold somebody. And you're not going to water ski. It, what I call that
2: water skiing when you're just gliding on your skates. Right, but
1: what I'm saying is you keep your feet moving and it keeps you from having holding penalties because I'm closer to you, therefore I don't have to reach out to you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and then okay.
2: even if you get a stick on a guy... But you're moving your feet. The referee seems to overlook it unless it's like some serious slash or a really bad hook. But if you're reaching for the puck and you keep your feet moving, the referee thinks in his head in his head that, okay, he's just making a defensive play. He's not grabbing on, he's not impeding the progress of that player with an illegal tactic. And that's basically that's the trick. Keep your feet moving. And the blues haven't done that, whether it's been by uh, conditioning or just lack of, you know, focus mentally. Can't have it. Now, I get angry the other night. Yeah, Braden Shen gets a tripping penalty. It was crap, but he was reaching for the puck. The player stepped on his stick or whatever. He trips him. is a penalty, you know. But then Marco Scandella is in front of the net, and they're jamming away at a rebound. And Marco Scandella gets called for a cross-check. Now, gentlemen, a cross-check is when you hold your stick in both hands, sideways, And you fire it off the guy's back or his shoulder or his face or whatever as hard as you can. Like if you're doing a bench press in the weight room, which would be, you know, you're holding it, you just pop it out there. Marco Scandella held his stick in one hand. I've never in my life seen a player able to cross-check anybody with one hand on the stick. That seemed to be really difficult. That is talent. And so he, (laughs) he hits the guy. As I'm hitting my mic right now. Uh-huh. That's how fired up I am. He hits the guy, shoulder, a little bit from behind, but shoulder spins him into the boards, which is like four or five feet away. Hey, guess what? Marcos Candela's is a strong guy. Maybe you should get in the weight room. Uh-huh. Referee can't call that.
1: Okay, can't so, call. They're
2: already down 5-4. Five, five
1: on four, Jeff. Does, I know you've brought this up before, but I want to bring up something that Alex Ferrario brought up. I think it was yesterday on 101 with him and BK. The... Old school uh, refs are almost gone. The newer, younger refs are, are more prevalent now. And you brought up before that the old school refs, a lot of times you'd be like, hey, man, next time I'm going to call that, knock it off. Are they not doing that now? And is that part of the problem?
2: Some guys do. Like Wes McCauley, he's awesome. You can go on YouTube and punch in Wes McCauley. He's the guy that's like five minutes for Fighting, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, He's like, guy. yeah, he likes I like the spotlight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but not just that. But he talks to the players too. He'll be like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah. He almost broke his thumb with that slash. Don't give me that. I barely got him, you know. But that's what you need sometimes. And like back, back in the day, I hate doing that. But yes, back in the day, that would not have been called. The referees would have said to Vegas if they had a problem, they're going to have to almost kill somebody for me to put it down five on three in a one goal hockey game. Mm. It's not going to happen. Now, if it was five on five and you want me to call one penalty, maybe I'll be a little more uh, quick to put the arm up. But when it's five on four, it had to be borderline like murder charges to get that five on three. And, you know, right or wrong or indifferent, whatever anybody's opinion is, at least you knew where you stood. Mm -hmm. And even offensively, like you knew, okay, yeah, he kind of got me, but we already are on the power play.
0: Do you, do you ever see a time and and I would like to answer my own question be- before, saying no. <laughs> it's a but talent. but but do you see? You talk to yourself
2: very often, <laughs> pretty often. Pretty uh, often,
0: a time where maybe the game goes back to be a little bit more physical, or are we locked into this where offense is going to be the thing that sells the sport? Bah, 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 it'll never go backwards. It is what it is.
2: Um, the game is going to get less and less physical. Oh, wow. And I hate to report that, but if you look at the the, the pattern that's evolving here, they're taking away the body checking. Why? Because they're saying any head contact at all is going to be a penalty. So guess how many hits now? Well, guess how few hits are
1: actually in the middle of the ice now? Oh,
2: I mean, hardly Barely. ever. You used to see one guy cut across, and you get buried
1: a game. Hell, right? if you go across the ice right now and get hit without knowing that you're about ready to get hit, you'd probably get suspended, right? 100%. Oh, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> you go <off>
0: stone. <laughs> Not if you're Mark Stone. Yeah. yeah. But
1: sure. my point
2: is, is that they're trying to progress this game to where there's some rough stuff along the walls and no hitting in the middle of the ice and no blow-up hits because every blow-up hit means you must have got a part of his head somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they're going... The game is reaching for speed, 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 talent, goal scoring, goal scoring, that kind of stuff. It's going to trend in a direction, I'll say it right now, to where defensemen, as we know it, will be gone. It's going to be almost like five forwards on the ice to where you'll have some guys who play D, but there will be like the Eric Carlson's. There'll be like the Alex Petrangels, There'll be like the Tori Krug's. There'll be, you know, like the Kale McCars in Colorado, Shea Theodore. It's going to be a guy who's always on the offense.
1: I don't love that, but you know what? The general public loves five to four games, right? Do, they is do. That part and of do you the know reason, who, besides the head part, it's do, offense, right? Well, yeah, the safety part. Okay, that's a big part.
0: It's well, and I don't want to see anybody CTE, get their brains brain scrambled. Bad. I get that. I just, I just <laughs> like a little bit more rough stuff in yeah, there. That's yeah. all. That's all it. jokes aside, Kids and I don't everybody.
2: Joke, I don't joke about CTE because it's very serious. But my point is is that the NHL, as a fast, non-physical scoring league, it's way more marketable. And yeah. not to you guys. Right. We're already there. to the new fans yeah. who come in, to the major sponsorships that are out there, the new wave of of money that's coming in, right? The millennials who own huge corporations that they have something they want to do with their money, it's not going to be for, you know... Boxing on ice. It's not going to be for a bloodbath out there. It's going to be for high profile athletes who move at an incredible pace that's sellable. It's TV worthy.
1: It's, you know, casual fans. The old argument of nobody ever walked out while the fight was going on. I
2: understand. You know, still to this day, if there's a fight, nobody walks away. Right. Nobody covers their eyes. Even the ones who hate it watch it because they're intrigued to see, hmm, what's going to happen here? Yeah. But I do get it from a marketing side of things I I will never be in favor of it because I think there's a place in the game for physicality Um, I compare it to the NFL they've done a pretty good job of taking away some of the really bad hits but you'd never have the NFL be flag football right I mean I don't think it's going to go there so I I worry that hockey is going to become too one-dimensional and then you will lose the
0: old school hockey fan yeah, uh, I would assume it oh, is
2: fun to watch right now. Sure is. Boy, uh,
0: I would assume Billy Huso gets one of these two games this this weekend, right? Against Arizona? Ag- isn't it Anaheim this weekend? I
1: thought it was Arizona. It starts with an A. That's no. Austin. I'm pretty oh, sure it's, oh, it's Anaheim, 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 Anaheim Saturday, Anaheim. Anaheim. Saturday Anaheim. and Sunday. Are are you, you, sure? you guys discuss?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm i I know it certain. starts with an A, though, yeah. yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Well, back so we'll say the... against the A team. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think he gets a game or no?
2: I think he has to. Yeah. I mean, he won't get tonight. That's for sure. Yeah. Not when you gave up 46 shots last game. You're not going to put Husso in the deep end like that again. Not unless you're just really looking to get rid of him because that's a lot. You laugh, but, I mean, right? Like, I know. This kid's like confidence. If, if,
1: if you want him to quit hockey, sure,
2: put him out there. Four goals in relief effort, five right. goals the other night. Like, No, no, no. I'm, I'm making damn sure that Husso has a good opportunity the next game. Anaheim. Okay, so the Anaheim Ducks, surprisingly, guys – the Ducks and the Kings have played much better this year than anybody was going to give them credit for. So it's not a gimme, but I would see him that, yes, I think he would get a game in Anaheim. Now, is it a back-to-back or is it two yes. and three? Yeah, yes. No, it's back-to-back. Okay, yeah. so here's the strategy I would think of if I was Craig Berube, Is My team has been really bad on the second games. I'm going to play Husso in the first game because if I'm going to have a team that's not as good in the second game... I want my ace in between the pipes. Because we saw Let's last see. game, they didn't have a great second game against the Sharks. And what happened is they hung Huso out to dry. And it's not good for your young goalie. So I would, it's just me, I'm not coach of the year or Stanley Cup champion coach. In my
1: mind, you are.
2: Uh, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> You're I welcome. I appreciate
1: that. You're welcome.
2: I would maybe think of going with Huso in the first game. Very good. Because you got Bennington due going two games of this series.
0: So you have him going one, two... Take a break. Play the second game. All right. Very good. Well, gentlemen, uh, we got a lot of hockey in store. Uh, Vegas tonight, uh, Saturday and Sunday against Anaheim. I love this schedule. I love that there's always hockey to watch, even on Blues off nights. I've got the NHL Network again, so uh, I've been uh, I've been watching more puck, and I like it quite a bit. So, uh, thank you everybody for listening to the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Make sure you share with your friends. Uh, Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point, Jamie Rivers, former Blue defenseman, team member at 101 ESPN. As always, let's go Blues. last minute blues podcast hear more at 1057thepoint.com
1: peloton let's go
2: this holiday with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors we're gonna pick it up a notch it's the holiday season you might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes from running to cycling to yoga try peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial